Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. John, how's it going today, man? Pretty good. How about you? I'm doing good. You're doing well. Doing well. It was a good weekend. That's good. Yeah, I had a birthday in the Mother's Day, and my folks came to visit, so it was good. That's right. Happy belated birthday. I know we didn't get a chance to hang out this weekend. You had more important people around or whatever. Well, you know, Too good for me these days, but... (laughs) It it had to be on a list. Christy had a list of things. Oh, there you go. So uh, I barely made it myself for my own birthday, by the way. That's okay. I went and hung out with Deacon Jeff, so it's okay. (laughs) Uh, Deacon Jeff wound up having something at his house, and so the family got to hang out over there. But I do want to get a chance to hang out with you this weekend or this week sometime, and at least get you a celebratory uh, birthday drink or something there uh, over the next week or so. I think we have some uh, Irish whiskey I left at your That's right. Well, we have practiced before, right? right, So we know what we're doing. Right, right. (laughs) But, you know, I want to get into the show here in a second. But first of all, I want to say uh, thank you to Covenant Eyes. As always, they're continuing to sponsor the show and the Narrow Road. Um, And, you know, guys, I don't know how many times I could say the same thing over and over again, but it's just, it's a necessity if you're somebody that's struggling with pornography. You really need something like Covenant Eyes to uh, basically help you stop looking at this stuff, you know, make it basically impossible for you to find it on your devices, but also to protect your children, as we always talk about on here. You know, a lot of guys, we maybe we get a, a handle on this, but you never know what's creeping into your house through the internet and what your kids are going to wind up seeing. Um, so make sure that you're, you're, you know, downloading Covenant Eyes, that you're giving the free trial a chance, see if it works well in your life, get an accountability partner for yourself, but also so you know what's going on in your own home and you can keep, you know, keep those kids right. protected. Because the consequences are too much. To right. right, you're right. I mean, the average age of a kid seeing that stuff now is like six. Yeah. So if you don't think that, that there's an opportunity or that maybe even your child hasn't seen it yet, you may want to have that conversation because it's, like I said, it, we're putting things in our kids' hands, more devices, more things, um, tablets, all of those things have access to the internet. And if we're leaving a back door open, then these things are going to mm-hmm. happen. Even in some of these apps like Snapchat and all these things, you can be on pornography in four or five clicks. You know, so TikTok stuff like that. So you got to make sure that these devices are protected, and Covenant Eyes is the way to do that. So don't let sexual sin hold back your growth. With screen accountability from Covenant Eyes, will help you live a life, a porn-free life of integrity and enjoy deep, meaningful relationships with God, your family, and friends. And especially if you're on the narrow road, as you journey monthly through God's Word in the narrow road, don't let sexual sin become an impediment to your growth. So get Covenant Eyes today, and you can do that at start.covenanteyes.com slash pew. I also want to say it's been a great day because in the mail today, I finally got our 501c3 letter of certification from the IRS. Now, so if you've been given for, you know, several months now, don't worry about it. Or last year, we were able to give that letter to you for that because by law, you can go back 26 months, I believe. Mm -hmm. So we were incorporated last January, 2020. So of course you were good up till then, but now it's just, it's nice. We can start getting the sales tax, you know, information stuff, but also we, if, if you've been wanting to give and maybe you want to be, you know, you wanted to give a, a large amount of money, you know, sometimes that's what holds people back is, well, I want to see that letter of certification. I want to see that letter from the IRS. Well, we have that now. So if anybody out there is wanting to give, you can do that at DonorBox, uh, donorbox.org slash pew. 
You can find that on the website. Uh, also, for those of you that are patrons, you know, if you're not in the narrow road and you're just patrons that are that are giving money in, in that way or uh, on one of the other tiers, then, you know, also your, your donation there is uh, tax deductible. So, uh, just remember that if you are somebody who has not signed up for the narrow road, you should give it a try. You know, we talk about just the book and the things that are in there, but there's also this video series that I put on every every month too. So it's not just the book you're getting; that's great, and it's really the the bedrock of the program. But in the work that you're doing every day, the spiritual practices that are coming through there. But um, also, you have that video series. It's walking you through a 10 or 15 minute video every month where I'm just trying to uh, to give some further insight into what was in the book and those one-page reflections and uh, trying to walk with guys a little closer as they're walking through these months and these virtues. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the Narrow Road's great for you as an individual, but we also have it for the group. You can buy those in bulk at the Narrow Road um, at the top of the Just a Guy on the Pew page. You can go there and click that, and there is a bulk option there. The video series is great to do in a men's group because it's 10 or 15 minutes, and then everybody has done the work ahead of time in their books. So it gives you plenty to talk about and you can look over and, and really discuss with other men and be vulnerable about where you're doing well, where you're not, uh, where you could use some help and, and you know draw other brothers into relationships and accountability with you and that stuff. So all of that's there. Um, I also want to say, if you haven't become a patron, look, we, we do patron hangouts too. So there's one coming up uh, next Thursday, I believe. It's May the 20th at 7 p.m. Central Time. So not Tuesdays anymore. No, well, not this one. Because the girls... I always had bas- basketball practice yeah. for the, or ba- well, softball the, or softball. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, now right. the girls have softball right. games on Tuesday night. So they'll make it one day. Not going to miss those. These, yeah. This will be a Thursday night. It's a lot of fun. Guys jump on from all over the place. You know, from all over the world, really, because we've got people in other countries that are jumping on there because of Zoom and the ease of that. So if you want to you know, meet some of the other guys that listen to the show, you want to hang out with me for a little bit and talk about anything, any of the show topics or what's going on in the world or just the faith in general, you know, jump on there. Um, but you got to become a patron, and you can do that at justagownthepew.com. You can click uh, become a patron and then become a patron there. Uh, we've got some other great things that are coming up too. You know, one of the benefits of being a patron is you get these extra interviews and these extra deeper dives into the into the podcast every week. And we've got some great interviews coming up. Now you um, tell me who, who you got. So I had Bill Donahue last week. I, I interviewed him, and that should be out in the next week or so. Mm-hmm. And we talked about chan- uh, transgenderism, gender dysphoria, all this stuff that's going on in the culture with that and in the country and the world and politics, all of that. So we break that down from the perspective of the DOB, Theology of the Body, mm-hmm. and from uh, J- the teaching of John Paul II. Um, I've got Chris Stefanik I'm interviewing tomorrow. We're going to be talking about cancel culture and a lot of this other stuff. Damon Owens is going to come on in another week to talk about marriage. And then we have Dr. Peter Crave coming on to talk about suffering. Oh, good. So we got a lot of great ones coming up, and those are going to continue to come out. You'll have the main interview open for everybody. But a lot of times there's these deeper dives and these 10, 15, 20-minute videos they do after the main interview that's directed right towards husbands and fathers and for people that are patrons of the show. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get involved with that, you can do that again at justagownthepew.com and uh, click on Become a Patron at the top, and it will open up all of that for you. So I want to get on with the show. We were talking about um, earlier, you know, just I made the joke about we're practiced in, mm-hmm. in the Irish whiskey or whatever you said. Right. And, you know, practice is something that is, is people we don't really like, you know. And I was watching something the other day. I, don't, I was looking at Facebook, and for some reason lately, there's been all these Michael Jordan quotes coming up on my feed. I don't know why. But they have been. And one of them, uh, he says, practice like you've never won a game and play like you've never lost one. You know, it's the attitude he said mm-hmm. he had on the court. And the thing is, like most of the time, 
you know, we, we, we don't have trouble playing like we've never lost, right? We can be boastful and prideful people, mm-hmm. but practice is where we don't, we don't want to put in that work. We don't want to put in that effort. And, you know, it made me go look up that old clip from Allen Iverson, and right, you brought it right. up before yeah. the show as soon as I said practice. Everyone when his coach was basically complaining that he was just not going to practice. He wasn't hurt or anything. He just quit going. And when they brought it up, a reporter brought it up, you know, after a game or something, you know, he said, practice, practice. What are you talking about practice, talking man? About I don't need practice. practice. You talk about practice? Really? Practice? Yeah. And he just was like, I'm so good. I don't need to go to practice, right? right? I don't need any of that anymore. Uh, do you not see the money I make, the cars I drive, the house mm-hmm. I'm in, the points I'm scoring? I'm one of the best players in the NBA. I don't need practice. Right. And when we get to that place in our life, it's very dangerous because, um, you know, as Deacon Jeff said before the show, you, know, you can be physically fit in your life with your body and then you can let it go, right? And a lot of us, we spend more time on our bodies, training our bodies, and then we're spiritual fat kids inside, right? Mm-hmm. Like we've just gotten overweight and just mushy and slow and everything else. But, um, you know, I, I was the same way when I was a kid. Like, I, I loved basketball, played baseball, football. I always loved playing games, but I hated practice. Like, I just didn't – I didn't enjoy the drills. I didn't enjoy – The running where you almost puke. Yeah, yeah right. R- right. right. I just want to, like, go play. I want to go, <laughs> yeah. like, lose myself in the game and go play. And with practice, there's always people at different skill levels, and, you know, you're slowing down, stopping, all these things. And, and a lot of times you're working on those fundamentals and – and very quickly we can say, I'm, I don't want the fundamentals anymore. I know how to shoot the ball. I know how to dribble. I know how to pass. You know, I know where to throw the ball in from out of bounds and then I can't move here or there, that I can't dribble once I've stopped dribbling. You know, um, but we get sick of those things. But the thing is, if we don't continue to practice the fundamentals, then we lose the basis, the core of everything in our life. And so when I was thinking about all of these things, I just started thinking about our spiritual lives. And, you know, several guys have written in and said, like, I don't understand why, you know, it's so important to continue to do these things. I feel like I'm in a great place with God right now. I'm not going back to my old ways of life. And I have said that a million times. Mm -hmm. And I have found myself uh, sliding back down that slope that took me so long to rise up because I have that sort of mentality, too. So I wanted to talk today about the importance of practice, specifically spiritual practices. Well, like practice, like anyone who has done sports or any other thing, like where they're studying, whatever, whatever you want to portray it in. But like, for instance, like if to get better, it's a small details and stuff like a block. Like we get, you know, we can get Tom, Tom in here and he can tell us the difference between a good block and a bad block. Yeah. Football. Football. Right. 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 So, so, I mean, the thing is, it's all where your hand position in and how you use your, you know, you move your, move your weight and stuff like that. Right. Well, that's not learned unless you actually pay attention and listen to somebody. Yeah. The same thing with, you know, you say the spiritual development of ourselves. You know, we can, like, read the gospel, but if we don't, like, if we don't attune our mind or actually comprehending what's written there, we'll skip over it and we'll be like, oh, okay, well, there you go. I did my, like, three verses, but mm-hmm. you didn't really get much out of it because you didn't take the time to really dive deep into it. Sure. Yeah, and, it, and it's so easy to do, you know, when— when you get out of practice, you you quit doing the things that got you to where you were and the things that you know you need in your life. I mean, that's one of the reasons that we made the narrow road was to help guys consistently every month do the same things and to stay on the same pace. Now, some people may say, well, you know, that stuff's so simple and I feel like I've moved past it. I get it. Mm-hmm. But if you, stopped, if you start to drop the simple, the things that are simple for you to do, then you're going to start dropping everything else. It may sound simple, but they're the things that are the, are the building blocks of everything else in our faith. If you don't have a great foundation, then you're going to have a shaky house, right? I mean, the Lord tells us, don't build on sand, build on rock. Right. And when you, when you start giving up these practices, then you're building your house on sand because it's eventually going to fall. 
And, you know, the thing is, so many of us, we want to be spiritually sound. We want to be firing on all cylinders. We want to excel, which in the spiritual life means get to heaven mm-hmm. or at least be on our way to that. But a lot of times it's without putting in the work, right? We just get spiritually lazy and, and we just don't want to do it. And we want shortcuts, right? Like I did it enough. Now I don't have to do it anymore. You know, and you see it in things like Crescio and everything where guys, you know, come out and they're grouping and they stop grouping and then they wonder why their lives kind of slide or they're in a men's group and then they quit going to the men's group and then things start falling apart. It's because we need those things in our life and we need that practice again and again. But that's that's exactly why we have mm-hmm. them and that's why they're called spiritual practices or spiritual exercises. I mean, there's there's that's a play on words, but it's it's the truth. Like these are things that we need to continue to do in our life and I got to tell you, every time I start to lag on mine, I feel like I have nothing to give, right? Every time that that I, I'm sitting on a Monday afternoon going, gosh, I got an hour to get a podcast together and I got nothing, right? I got nothing. Or when I'm giving a talk, it feels uninspired or anything like that. It, it's always, if I stop and I'm being honest with myself, mm-hmm. it's probably because I haven't prayed like I normally do. I, I probably missed a few days of daily mass. Um, you know, a lot of times, yeah. Right, right. When's the last time I've been to confession? Mm-hmm. You know, how often is have I gone to adoration or not gone? And it's those things. And when I start to look over it honestly, then that it's usually the answer is I, I'm getting away from my spiritual habits and my practices, and that's that's why I'm having trouble because like it's it's like trying to draw water from an empty well, right? You mm-hmm. can't give what you don't have, and so. You know, even as fathers and husbands, I mean, I'm not just talking about being an evangelist or anything like that or giving talks, but like even as a husband and father, if we're not doing the things that we know keep us in good relation with God, and as we've talked about before, everything starts with that, everything flows from that, then we're not going to be good in everything else in our life. So that's why this stuff is so important. And, you know, if you're wondering even like, well, what is spiritual practices? I'm new because we get those a lot, right? You guys talk about this stuff. I just found this. I'm just becoming Catholic or... I'm just trying out Christianity for the first time. Um, and, and, you know, spiritual practices basically include the various ways in which we Catholics live out our baptismal promise through prayer and action. You know, we're not called to simply sit around and, and just to contemplate or to think about being good or to mm-hmm. be, you know, think about being good Christians. We're called to action. We're called to to pray and all these other things we know we need to do to stay in line. And, and St. Paul even leads us to that in some of the verses from his books. Uh, and so does James. So you look at keep on doing what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Then the God of peace will be with you. That's Philippians 4, 9. Again, he says, keep on doing what you have learned. Right? He's not saying like, all right, take a course in it and then just don't do it again. Mm-hmm. Like just sit down, enjoy the presentation and then get up and go on about the rest of your life. Now he's saying, keep on doing what you have learned, received and heard and seen in me. So what he's saying is, he's passed on something that needs to continually be done. It needs to be practiced, right? And and that's what it means to to grow in your relationship with God, to grow in your um and where you are in your spiritual life is to continue to practice that which is the building blocks of everything else in your life. James even says this too, be doers of the word and not hearers only. That's James 1:22. Again, don't sit idle, don't right. just soak it in and go, "Wow, that was nice." Now on to the next thing. We have to do this stuff in our life. And if we don't, we're going to find ourselves slipping away from the faith and falling down in a lot of ways in our life. Well, that's the thing. Even in like the Desert Fathers, they did prayer, study, and labor, right? They would busy themselves because even Christ did say, I must be about my father's business, right? I mean, yeah. somewhere in the Gospel of John that was his quote. I know it's sure. taking out context because there's probably 
you know, versus, you know, book in that. But what that kind of means to me is like Christ was about doing what the Father intended him to do, not what mm-hmm. he wanted to do in a sense. You know what I'm saying? It's sure, like yeah. he, he was doing, he was always busy teaching, bringing people to understanding why he's there, you know, changing minds and, and hearts of individuals that listen to his word and his gospel, and actually watching people watching him make those changes, whether miracles or, or just the talks and the parables he had. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it conformed people into really understanding how their heart is intentional, needed to be drawn to God and not to inward, you know, desires of self. Sure. No, and you're exactly right. We've talked about that motto of Christ before in John fourteen thirty one, I believe, where he says, the world must know I love the Father and I do everything as he commands me. Right. You know, and that's what we've been commanded to do is to grow in our knowledge and our relationship and our love of God the Father and, and Jesus his Son. And the only way we can do that is through our spiritual practices. So... What's the benefit of them? We just we just name that, right? Like so that we can grow and be with God forever. That is always the goal, should be the goal of our life, is to get ourselves and everyone around us, our family, the ones we love, and, and our neighbors to heaven. That's the goal of our life. That's what Christ has asked us to do, to go and make disciples. But um, the thing is, like the, the, these practices, they're necessary, and there's something that you have to continually to do, continue to do, or you're going to find yourself walking away from these things and there's so much benefits in them right we talk about the narrow road all the time and that we're walking men through virtue each and every month that's the first thing that spiritual practices really do in my opinion is they teach you virtue for Mm -hmm. for example humility you know the, the desire to practice something means that you know you aren't where you need to be and that you understand there's room for growth i mean there's a lot of humility in that you look at these these athletes and these stars and these musicians or anybody that's really really good at something there was a lot of humility in the way that they practiced because they knew if i'm going to be the best i have this desire then i have to humble myself to know i have to practice like there's never going to be a day when i get there right where i've just arrived Mm -hmm. you know michael jordan said over and over again so many times about how hard he practiced. He said, the reason that I'm better than everyone else is because I practice harder than everybody else. I prepare harder than everybody else. Right. And, I mean, we've talked about Larry Bird before. Yeah. I just I mean, say it, the name, too. He'd yeah. be taking a thousand free throws, man, yeah. after the game. Yeah. yeah, sitting there in practice and, I mean, right. telling rookies when they said they were going to outshoot him and come in and, and he'd wear them out, you know, in practice. And then he'd say, look, the reason I'm, I'm a better shooter than you is because I'm willing to stay three hours after practice right. and shoot a thousand jump shots. You know, and you're not. And so that's the thing is like to have that humility to understand I'm never really going to arrive. Like, you know, the day I've arrived is when I'm, I'm standing in front of Jesus and he says, you know, good, you know, well done, good and faithful servant. But until then, I've always got to be getting better. I've always got to practice. There's always room to grow. So it teaches you the virtue of humility, first of all. The second one that I think it really teaches you is perseverance. You know, it's hard to keep up with your spiritual practices because the devil doesn't want you to practice, mm-hmm. right? He does everything he can to get you to stop those things. The world, the flesh, and the devil offer you constant distractions. They offer you comfort and reasons why you should quit, right? Like, think about how many times when you you go say, you know what, I really need to go pray. I haven't done that yet today. And then it seems like the floodgates open with emails and phone calls and text and, you know, the wife needs you to do something. The kids are calling your name. There's some game you've been wanting to watch or you just want to relax and watch TV after a long day or something. And there's all these distractions just to get you not to do the things that you know you need to do. And I mean, Paul even said that. He's like, I I do the things I don't want to do instead of the things that I want to do. Mm-hmm. I'm probably said that backwards and, and butchered it because it's a, a tough line to say anyway without reading it. But the point is, like, it's very easy for us to get distracted. 
And so we have to persevere. That that practice teaches us perseverance. Is yes, I would like to do other things right now. Yes, maybe my heart desires something different right now than to sit down and pray for 15, 20 minutes or to go through scriptures the way I need to. But this is what keeps me being who I am. This is what keeps me grounded. This is what keeps me in touch with the Lord and what he needs me to do in my life. And so it teaches us to persevere through those things, and which is another virtue. So, you know, that's that's what I think it teaches you at first is just those things. And honestly, um, there's, you know, this is something I was thinking about earlier and I wrote this down. If you are persistent in seeking a relationship with Christ, you'll get one. Mm -hmm. But if you are consistent, you will keep it. And that's the next thing that I would say that, that that's what practice teaches you is that it teaches you consistency. It's inconsistency is what transforms average into excellence, right? Like it's what's makes us different than everybody else. It's what we were talking about with Michael Jordan a minute ago or some of these other athletes. It's that consistency. I'm doing the same thing each and every day. He had another quote and I didn't write it down, but it basically was something like, you can practice all day long to shoot the ball and shoot it wrong. And then all you've done is practice to be worse. Mm -hmm. He's like, you've got to get the fundamentals down right and then be consistent with that. And again, we're back to that, talking about those small details that may seem like, you know what, I can forget my prayer life today. It's cool. I pray every day, one day is not gonna hurt. Or I don't have to read scripture tonight because it's not a big deal, I'll read it tomorrow. And what happens is we open that door right. and then that laziness creeps in, that slothfulness, all of these things, and we forget what has gotten us to where right. we are. All of a sudden a day passes and you go, gosh, I didn't pray. Right, yeah. right, and it, it's that consistency that allows things like prayer, confession, daily mass, adoration, uh, to become like second nature to us. And that's what we want, right? So many guys that are these great at whatever they're doing, things become second nature to them. It's like they could do it in their sleep. You know, I remember uh, when Dakeem Mutombo came in the NBA, um, there's a clip of Michael Jordan in his first game. He played the Bulls. And you can't see Mutombo because it's shooting from under the goal looking at Jordan. But he says before he shoots the ball, he's dribbling it and he spins it up to catch it to shoot the free throw. And he says, hey, Mutombo, welcome to the NBA. And he closed his eyes and he shot the free throw and made it. Mm -hmm. The only reason he, the only way he was able to do that is because he shot thousands of free throws and he knew his motions, his art, he, the distance was learned, right? So he knew how to do that. He was able to do it. He did it several times during his, his NBA career, messing with people. But it's because of the consistency, right? And that's what practice really is, is that is doing things again and again and again and again and building them into a second nature, which hopefully becomes to form habits, right? And that's what we want. Habits are hard to break. You know, God knows whether they're good or bad. Bad ones are hard to break. Yeah. Good ones are hard to break once you've got them going. So our habits become our spiritual lifeline to God's grace. It's our spiritual habits that keep us on that narrow road that we talk about so often. And that's really what I see is these benefits of, is, are the benefits of this spiritual practice it, and why it's so important. And if we're not careful as guys, we could just so be so easy and so quick to just brush this stuff aside. And you know, we see it all the time in the men's group where guys just quit coming and then six or eight months down the road, here they come again. And they've, they've got their head in their hands and they're saying, I don't know what happened, right? I got to come back here because when I was here, things were better. Mm -hmm. And it always goes back to men giving up on the things that they know keep them who they are. Well, and, and what you're talking about, again, is like, I know practice is a, a topic, but it's like the consistently forcing ourselves to stay on target, stay on task. Because mm -hmm. whenever you do practice, as you say, you begin something new and unfamiliar you got to push yourself through it. But then there comes a point to where 
you enjoy it in a sense because you're learning from it. Yeah. And when you're learning from it, you're actually looking forward to the next day, I think. I mean, it is sure. for me. Whenever I, I, I finally understand something that was difficult at first, I'm like, I throw myself in to kind of really understand more and more. And that's kind of what it is. The daily exercise of growing yourself spiritually is something you get rewarded for, not just from the, your faith, but also from knowledge that you're getting closer to Christ and to God. Sure. Well, and that's where like the phrase for the love of the game comes from, right? Mm-hmm. Is you start to learn that at first practice and those things are hard and they're difficult and they may wear on you and you just have other things you want to do. But as you practice and you're doing those things, you're building a relationship with God. So for the love of God, I do these things instead mm-hmm. of for the love of the game. So you're exactly right. And you know, I, I, I was right. I wrote down some how-tos. I mean, really the how-to is you just got to make yourself do it. Yeah. But here's some things I think will help. First, like pick one practice. Start off small and don't overload yourself. People make a mistake by trying to do too much at the beginning and they wind up giving up. You know, I've been there a million times where I'm like, I'm going to do everything. I'm going to say 17 rosaries and, you know, a 54-day novena and then I'm going to do this and this and that. And you wind up going, I can't do all this. And then you just give up. So two, make sure there are things that you enjoy doing. You know, find your groove. Just because Mm -hmm. somebody else goes to the church every day at 3 o'clock and says a Divine Mercy Chaplet doesn't mean that has to be what makes this well for you or makes this good for you, something that you enjoy. Find something you enjoy doing and you feel close to the Lord in and do that. Third, schedule it. Look, if you don't if you don't schedule it, you'll never be right. consistent, right? That's the one thing I've learned in my life. I get up every morning and I pray, and if I don't, my day's haywire. If I do, then I've done it and my day goes well. So I'll make sure every morning, even if I forgot, you know, I'll jump out of the shower and pray or pray in the shower or whatever, but I'll get it done. So make sure you're scheduling it. And then persevere. Make it a habit and stay with it even when you don't feel like it. That's really the true test of a man is doing things, you know, when they're hard, doing things when they're difficult because you know that it's right. And you're not just looking out for yourself. That perseverance teaches us that unselfishness, right? It teaches us to be a gift because the work we're putting in isn't just for ourselves. It's for other people and it benefits other people's lives. So that's one way I try to look at it when I get down or I get tired or burn out on certain things. Yeah. I look at pictures of my kids. I look at my wife, you know, images of my wife. And I just say, you know what, even though I don't feel like this, this is what makes me a better person for them. And that's worth doing in and of itself. Right. If it makes my life and their life better. Motivation helps. Right. Yeah. Well, all right, guys, I hear that music. Brothers, there's no magic button. There's no easy bake oven for our faith. It takes practice, perseverance, and consistency to get where we want to go. So put in the work. So let's take it to prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, I think most of us want to be good, faithful Catholics. Deep in our hearts, we know that you are the answer and that we desire to be with you forever. Help us to remember that we cannot simply wish our way into heaven. And Father, whenever we find ourselves wandering away from our spiritual practices, remind us that they are the very things that will allow us to be with you forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.